Hello, and welcome to We Walk the Earth podcast, a Nodalab original show. This is your host, Sergio Isauro. I'm an artist and creative purpose coach. If you wish to book a free coaching session with me, go to the links in the show notes of this episode. This show is a joint effort of a handful of creatives. We love what we do. If you wish to support this podcast, please rate us and leave a review in Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. This small action will help us reach a wider audience and ignite curiosity in more people. This week's guest, Naum, is an artist whose work goes deep into the human experience, challenging our perceptions through unusual perspectives. He produces works that reframe the way we engage with the universe with a wide range of media. He founded the Cosmica Institute, a space organization focused on the cultural discourses of space activities and their impact on Earth. Naum's work has been exhibited all around the globe and has even left the Earth's atmosphere. Please. Let's welcome to the show, Naum. This is We Walk the Earth. Thank you for joining us. So at the moment I'm working on this um, series of concerts that I'm going to have in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. It's uh, in a really beautiful theater for a thousand people, four shows, wow. hour and a half. So I, I feel a little bit challenged, but it's something I always wanted to do. So mm. yeah, right hey, now we're really full steam. Are you performing with someone else on stage or is it? I'm on you? stage, just me. Okay. Yeah, and, and one hour are, and a half. Wow, wow, that's just me lot. alone in front of thousand people. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's what I'm doing, and right now it's just like super busy here at the studio, but also very exciting. Mm. Nice. And yeah. Have you done uh, similar concerts like this before? Because you've I, you've played mm-hmm. in different places and you've played with sound throughout your mm-hmm. career. Uh, but are these like new? new-ish? I I have not much though. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, I had um some I had a concert in Humboldt Forum here in Berlin, where it was like the first time I tried this format. So, so it's very musical. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm not that much into sound. I have to say, mm, I'm okay. not a sound artist. I am when it comes to to sound waves, I am definitely more musical mm-hmm. than than 
sound. I mean, I, and I say this because I know that out there, there are very experienced sound artists, yeah. you know, working with field recordings or noise. And as much as I like, you know, those, those approaches, I, I go crazy about musicality mm-hmm. and I love musicality too much. Mm. And I love instruments too much, both electronic or, or real. Um, and this is part of my, of my life. Every day I play instruments, every day piano and guitar are present in my life every day, you know, and when I travel, I always travel with, um, with a small keyboard. Mm-hmm. So when I'm in hotels or something, you know, I, I have access to, to, to music. So normally I start the day with music, playing the piano. And the last thing that I do in the day is I play the piano. Mm-hmm. So I start and end my day with music and, and I exist somewhere in between that. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, why is music so important? I, I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I, of course, I've tried to, to reflect deeply about it, you know, like why it's so fundamental to me. And the answer is that I, I just really don't know. It's something that goes beyond me. And I, I'm, I'm okay with with. With, without knowing, I am okay with the uncer- with yeah with uh with remaining a little bit ignorant of why this is so important to me. It's something I really don't want to. I've given up, and I don't want to to theorize too much yeah. about it. It just, I just mm-hmm. it just speaks to my spirit, and 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 that's that's what I know. Um, if it makes sense or not, or how I place it in my life, or if it's related to space and art, you know, that's really like secondary or even like further away from that. It's just something so elementary for me. And I love music. And I mean, when I was a little kid, I had two dreams of becoming an artist because I was very close to painting and drawing mm-hmm. and music. Okay. You know, those things spoke to me. And sometimes, you know, like it's crazy because when you play music, you spend most of your time alone in front of an instrument trying to, you know, like to, to sink all your, all your being into into having this interaction with this instrument and it takes time, right? Like I'm constantly learning new instruments and I know the moment that I pick a new instrument, I know it's going to be at least five years until I make it sound okay. Yeah. Um, so all those hours that you spend with an instrument, you know, like failing and failing and failing and failing. Sometimes I think this is the best, time spent in my life Mm, just sitting here trying to you know to connect again you know like as deeply as possible with the sound my body this instrument with my awareness Mm -hmm. with you know uh, my my brain my heart and for me again this very often 
I'm like, this is the best thing I can do. Mm-hmm. And again, it's very irrational, but that's okay. I, yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally hear you. Um, yeah, music is, yeah, for me, it's, it's also really, really important, I would say. And I think for humans, no? I, it's been in our yeah. DNA, in our lives um, since we started like doing things <laughs> many, many years ago. Um, yeah, that reminds me, we touched the subject a little bit on our call the other day about indigenous, um, indigenous people and native people and the importance of, of listening, of, of, um, looking at their wisdom and trying to understand how we can, um, yeah, like walk our paths, just being more aware of what already is. And that has been working for interacting healthily with ourselves, with who's around us, the environment, everything, the planet, the universe. Um, and, and I'm thinking about the music because this is a very important thing that was part of everyone's life um, before, like, quote unquote, the modern times. Everyone was doing music at some point in in like the day to day. Do you think like we've come a little bit apart from it, from that feeling um, that you're getting every day? I think, yeah. I mean, first off to anyone that is, that is listening, I am, I am not a scholar <laughs> and I am, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I'm, I want to stay really humble about everything that I say. So I can only speak up from experience and, and intuition, mm-hmm. I, I would say. I don't know, like, I mean, it would be a big statement to say that we have walked apart from that. You know, like, I mean, being human and being a cultural being today, something extremely complex and full of ambigu- ambiguity mm-hmm. and it's paradoxical. But again, I think my intuition is telling me that, you know, like at least from this, like coming from a Western tradition, no? because even though I was born in the, in the navel of the moon, mm-hmm. that's the meaning of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I was born in that land, you know, our, the culture that where, where I grew up, you know, it, it comes from many other places as well. Because it was a colonized land because mm-hmm. of the big influence of, um, global culture, you know, in the 80s and 90s in, in, in Mexico and pretty much everywhere. So, so you know, like definitely I am more a product of the, that so-called Western thought. And going back to this, to this specific way of thinking, you know, there, I think there is a tradition of controlling and of knowing. Mm-hmm. You know, that comes, of course, from science and philosophy and, and I praise these disciplines, but also I am very critical uh, about them because we, 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 the tradition of these disciplines was to know, you mm-hmm. know, to, and almost in kind of a colonialistic way, you know, to 
conquer knowledge, yeah. conquer the workings of molecules, of trees, of the universe. And, and, and I think we, we removed ourselves from, from the wonder of experience that going back to, to, to indigenous or let's call it just ancestral wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, like they had a different connection to the universe. We have, we have created a body of knowledge that really divides, you know, like if we understand, if we want to understand the point of existence, you know, we zoom in mm -hmm. so much. You know, like we go to that very specific point, and that again, that this is a paradox because it can it, it's giving us incredible knowledge about about things and existence, but also at the same time is is we're losing the richness of the complexity and the connections with everything, and I think there is a point where, of course, we cannot process with our brains the the that kaleidoscopic. A complexity that we are part of, and and we go to the safe, so to the comfort zone, which is just like we want to make sure that we know something. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 I think it's time to it's healthy to say like we don't know, and that we don't need to know everything. And this is why on these days. I think I'm walking a little bit like away from science and philosophy mm -hmm. and I'm going to sound, sound like a hippie right now, but <laughs> I, I, I am more interested in, in kindness and being humble mm -hmm. and being okay with, with not knowing and just, just give myself to mystery and wonder and, and and poetry, I think po poetic thinking is, is 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 really wonderful. And I'm saying all this after spending 13 years or 14 years in mm -hmm. in a very technical and scientific field, which is space exploration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you 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 have a degree in space studies, right? Correct. At the International Space University. Yeah. Did you? Um, why did you do that? Like, why did, were you called to that? Well, I mean, am I, I, I got involved with, involved in space activities uh, back in two thousand and eight. Mm -hmm. Long story short, I was working in a theater in London, and one day, people from the Space Federation they were around. And they were like, oh my God, this theater is incredible. Why, why space is not sexy as this place is? And I was like, kidding. I was like, yeah, you can, you, you can call me and we, we can fix that. Two weeks later, I was on a train to Paris to the headquarters of the Space Federation. And uh, back then, Nicola Triscott and Roger Malina, they were setting up this like department for arts and culture in the Space, in the space Federation. And they asked me if I, if I was up for volunteering because they were really impressed mm -hmm. with the work with with the work that we were doing back in London, and I said, "Yeah, of course." To me, it made 
complete sense to to be working in an underground theater and then overground, mm-hmm. you know, like somewhere in the stars. And I said yes, and that was the beginning of an incredible journey of of, of being part of that community and then studying in the space university and then becoming the teacher and trainer of astronauts and executing my own space missions. And, and I love it. You know, I think space activities are really, you know, like it's like that boundary of what we, of what our science and technology and our knowledge is able to do you know it's really like pushing uh, everything that we do on earth into like a very extreme point and in a really beautiful point the fact that we can you know like get out a little bit and have a look it's it's, it's crazy it's insane and and having said that uh I, I also think it's very important to be also critical with what we are doing. You know, if, if, I, if, if to me, space activities are something that special, I think the way that an artist like me can contribute with is to ask questions, the difficult questions, you know, artists were really good at doing that challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah that that's beautiful i hear you I'll, the um, when you started to go into that world um did you find any friction or resistance from like inside of you from like previous um ways of thinking um in the more like artistic realms Um, when going into this more, like you say, controlled um, worlds. Uh, you mentioned last uh, time that um, you, like the first, I don't remember exactly, but the first time you went into a, a conference, like a space conference or, or, or something like that, it was all men. Um, and yeah. You, you, yeah, like it caused something in you. Like, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think I, I had different stages. Um, I mean, the first one is that it was just excitement. You know, it was yeah. like, wow, like, this is crazy. This is amazing. You know, I was just, uh, and I was defending it. And I was like being this like cheerleader of space activities. And that, of course, um, I, I created many friends like that. Then, then I was learning and I was absorbing. And I think there was a point in my, when I was younger that I thought, well, art and science are like so close to each other. They are like so similar. They, they're like natural, you know, uh, collaborators. Um, that eventually changed uh, and my views changed um, because as I was growing in the space, sector i was still an artist and i was still you know like in the contemporary art sphere and you know like you know the kind of topics that we are discussing in 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 contemporary art and in contemporary culture which are of course things related to diversity feminism 
queer culture, um, ecology, uh, decoloniality, um, a lot of social justice issues, diversity, and so on. So at some point I started to see like, hang on, why I just come from, you know, from an exhibition about feminism and, and I go to this space conference and I see only men. Mm. Why, you know, like in the cultural sector, we're talking so much about decolonization, about, about those traumatic behaviors that you might in the past. And I go to the space community and we are talking about our future in a Mars colony and that we are going to colonize the moon. And for me, it was like, well, colonization is not, it's not a concept that we don't know what it is. It's not a concept in the making. Something very specific mm. it, uh, that happened in our history and that it's still happening as we speak. You know, it's going to a foreign line, foreign, for, foreign land and claim it as ours and exploit it and to impose uh, a culture through force. Um, and, and, and we experienced that in Mexico, you know, and 500 years later, we're still going to therapy after what happened in, yeah. in, in those lands. And ultimately, you know, the, when we grew up, we looked, we all had like these maps in our classrooms with all these like lines. And we thought that's, that's how the world works, but it doesn't. These are like sto stories that were very convenient for certain people in power. And, and that, you know, every time I see those lines, I just imagine all the suffering and all the battles and all the wars had to happen in order to draw those lines, the fights of egos and of toxic masculinities and mine is bigger than yours and that kind of mentality. So, so when I see that in the space community, the future is envisioned under the same painful, old, aggressive, uh, frameworks that's when I started questioning and again my, it's not that I found it's not that I found uh, you know like something new my sometimes I, I say that my job is very simple I just like bring those discussions in the humanities to the space sector so mm -hmm. like all right why are we talking about binaries in space why are we talk about earth and space outer space mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe we can learn something about queer ecology. Maybe we can understand better the universe if we see it as with fluidity, right? Um, why we have uh, an anthropocentric approach to the cosmos, in the best cases, uh, an, uh, a biocentric. Why we, we value so much life. You know, if we go to Mars and if we see life, we might stop. But why we don't? Why can't we respect Mars because it's a stone? Yeah, ecocentrism is important. You know, like at the end of the day, the the most serious problems that we're seeing in in in, in the modern human world 
in our planet are because we just didn't care about air, we didn't care about, about water, we're extracting resources. And this is crazy. Like we emerge from minerals, we emerge from stones, we emerge from bacteria. We're a full ecosystem in our bodies and we blend with everything else, with the food that comes inside of cells, with the air, with what we become, what comes out. So 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 you know like I think in the space activities you know, like the science and technology is, you know, is like the cutting edge. But the cultural ideas are 500 years old in many cases. And it's patriarchal and it's colonial and it's becoming capitalistic. So basically, those three pillars of everything that is not working today and that is facing. That, that is causing um, a lot of suffering in our planet and to other fellow beings are the things that we want to push into the future. So, but here, here comes a good side. This is an opportunity for, okay, let's become aware, you know, uh, of, of these issues. So then if space is really that, that place for experimentation of the latest technology and science, well, we, maybe we can do it also with our cultural ideas. So how, if we go to the moon, how are we going to engage with that land and those, I don't, I don't like this word, but I'm going to say that, with those resources? Um, how, can, how can we find a new approach to be kind to a mm. celestial body? how we can avoid ownership of yeah. a celestial body and think of something else. I don't know, like maybe we become authors of whatever we engineer and create in the moon. And of course we find legal ways of protecting the, those creations without having to own a piece of the moon. Um, so, so I think it, 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 there's an opportunity to, to, for it's an opportunity to two things. One is to redesign or imagine from scratch, having learned from our history, like new ways of like relating and engaging and interacting with 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 the modern human world. And secondly, it's also an opportunity to yes, imagine, but also to silence, you know, to shut up our loud Western male voices and listen to all those voices that we have dominated and silenced in in, in, in in recent years. So let's let's listen to ancestral wisdom. I, again, I'm not an expert, but, but we might find something that could be of, um, that could be very valuable for for our future relationships with the universe mm -hmm. yeah and i feel that i'm ranting i'm preaching sorry no i i i, I get a little bit passionate <laughs> preach away <laughs> see este see 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 i i yeah i totally i totally hear that i'm i think that i don't know like i'm uh it's coming to mind why 
while you tell me this thing, it comes a lot to mind the like the fact that these programs um, are very close or like not very close are inside government agendas. Uh, and like many, many of the big, big government projects are away from most of the people's and the planet's re actual reality, you know? Um, so I'm, I definitely see your work and, and of like similar artists and people, not just artists, but like people bringing more humanity to the to these programs and agendas and organizations as a big big task of doing like bridging um bridging these like worlds um so i think yeah i think it's totally necessary and i also i don't know like i'm i'm curious about how How would you, I mean, because this is going to keep on going, you know, space exploration. And how how would you like the future to be in terms of like me, for example, the like the regular person in this planet interacting with this, with this world? You know, like I have not studied space. I know some things from science fiction mostly <laughs> um no, how, yeah uh-huh like how do i, I mean, yeah. yeah yeah i mean there, there i mean there, there are a lot of com you know like saying that because a certain field is ex is extremely uh complex and specialized and therefore it should mm -hmm. only be left for experts to decide what to do i think that's 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 the wrong approach mm -hmm. and for example not because most of people in the world are not like uh, vi virologists. Yeah. That doesn't mean that we cannot have a say about yeah. a health health systems and pandemics. Mm -hmm. Not because we are not like hackers and programmers. Yeah. That doesn't mean that we cannot have a say about personal data, you know, and, and about our privacy. Mm -hmm. Not because we don't build rockets or astronauts. We cannot have a say about mm -hmm what we do in the universe. Yeah. So, so I think, um, yeah, I think we need to definitely have, this is humanity building, right? Yeah. So humanity building is, is slow, painful, complex. It fails. There are good, so mm -hmm. sometimes there are like good, uh, uh, success stories, etc. So, so the, the, the only thing that we are, the, the only way that we are going to like, um, like move forward is to to engage in, in in conversations in discussions you know like i mean like what we are doing because eventually one person from here will listen to this and they will explore uh you know like the cosmica website and they'll find an artist and maybe they'll start like having a conversation and then you know we start creating these networks Um, and we need many of these networks. We need like many people like me and with different views, you know, like not everyone has to agree mm -hmm. with the things I'm saying. I have to be challenged mm -hmm. and we have to be critical. 
and 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 have these conversations with different groups, with different communities, and 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 start creating knowledge and articles and artworks that uh, uh, you know, and people that work with scientists. So it's really creating that fabric of humanity. So the question is, okay, how do we do it? Um, with under what principles and values? I, I, I don't know. I think, I, I, I don't think that kindness um, will ever be something dangerous. Yeah. And, 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 and critical thinking at the same time, you know, to, to be critical with each other, but also with our own views and assumptions. So I think as long as we have those healthy, like, uh, principles, we should move on and, and, and start working collectively, developing our own ideas, putting, putting the, putting their, putting these ideas out there. And, 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 and this is humanity building. I, Personally, I don't believe that there is going to be one day this one person that is going to change things for good. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's like this like false yeah. leaders, or you know, like it's not gonna be someone from the Silicon Valley or someone that is like making um, electric cars for mm-hmm. the one percent of humanity. You know, like it it's, it's, has to come from all of us. So there's one point that I think, because humanity building is pretty slow, you know, mm-hmm. it takes takes a lot of time to make little changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are moving our technology and our markets and the economy. They work so, so, so fast. I think we need to do one thing, slow down. Mm-hmm. You know, like the speed of technology, the speed of space technologies are so fast, and I, uh, you know, we we need time to 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 be able to use these technologies in 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 a way that that have a um, positive impact to everyone, and and I don't think that we are mature enough. I mean. And I say this with a lot of sadness, um, but if planet Earth is the, um, you know, is the, is the, the um, how can I say, you know, like the, 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 is the case study or it's the sample mm-hmm. of what we do with a planet. If we, if we, you know, if we create like, if we look at the, um, at the, at the metrics, mm-hmm. we're failing. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't see how we can say hu- humans do a great job organizing the, themselves in a plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, with all honesty, we have to say we, we're, we're failing. So we, we are not ready to go further. As much as I would love, you know, to to see humanity flourishing, which is already a problematic concept, I think we we are not there yet. We need to slow down. Uh, it's good to slow down. Like, what's the point of rushing? 
you know, like to make the one percent richer, mm-hmm. to consolidate certain power structures, mm-hmm. to so that's not the point right now. I think we we need to take a break and 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 and, and fix the things that are really not working because it's mm-hmm. quite urgent right like we can say okay you know like the war is a is a is between humans but it's not really you know like a lot of the more than human world gets devastated by war um and conflict but there is one thing that it really can't wait and that is our impact or our impact on the planet you know, like the planet doesn't need us. We mm-hmm. need the planet. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, looking at science, and the science can give us really valuable knowledge like this, you know, once you change the chemistry of the planet, as we are doing, the planet will take many, 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 many millions of years to find a um, to enter into a stable era, like the one where humanity flourished. Um, and we are changing it. We've seen it, you know, according to, 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 to science, the planet has gone through five big changes, you know, and we can see this because when a big mountain emerges, we can see all the layers of geological history. And we've seen that there were five abrupt and quick changes that happened to Earth. And then we can measure how long it took Earth to go back to normality where a lot of life prospered. Mm-hmm. And it varies, no? From if there are any geologists here, I might say this wrong, but it's depending from 50 to 80 million years where it takes the planet to find stability again for to support life. Uh, so just to give you an idea, you know, like if we are changing the climate today, it's not something that, you know, that once we cross all those thresholds, or uh, some scientists also have have devised uh, nine planetary boundaries, and we have crossed mm-hmm. several of them. There's no, there's no, it's, it's, those are points of no return. It, it will take millions of years for the planet to to be a nice place for us. So this is urgent. This mm. cannot, it's, it's not like in 50 years, you know, like, oh, maybe politicians will fix it. It will be too late. And that's just, that's just a truth. Um, so that is urgent. Everything else can wait. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how much of the awareness we need to connect with and that kindness and compassion is requires us going in like into ourselves rather than and connecting to ourselves rather than like going out there and trying to understand the world and fix it and control it and like you know, because I, I, I don't know about like in the last uh, few, few years, but like when I, when I, I think when I met you around those times, you were, you were working a lot with like hypnosis and like, 
uh, I'm not sure if meditation is the right word, but like, like mm. going in. Um, and I it's thought that hypnosis. was really, really beautiful and interesting. And I don't know, like, I'm curious what you think about this. Mm. I think, you know, I mean, I, I, I've used hypnosis for making stories in a way. Mm -hmm. So what I've been doing is like, I, I'm in front of an audience and once they are in a trance state, I insert a false memory, a memory that never happened. So wow. they wake up and they remember <laughs> something new, like, and normally these are uh, impossible memories, like walking on the moon. Mm -hmm. So, and the way that I inject these memories is by asking them questions, you know, like, and you're remembering what happened the day that you went to the moon. You, what, what are you seeing? How was your experience? Were you alone? Are you with someone? Does it smell? Mm -hmm. Look up. Remember how the sky looked. Is it black or are there any colors? So I ask questions. So what, happen, what happens is that when everyone wakes up, I have 30 different memories that are completely different from each other. All right. So this is, this is storytelling. This mm -hmm. is, these are narratives. This is, and I think this is what we need, you know, like we need to, to, to find ways to conjure up new narratives. And this is about imagination. This is about, you know, our human mind is wired in such a way that we cannot accept the void. We always inject stories. Um, and this is why myth is so important, no? mythology. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever we could, I, I was speaking before that it's okay not to know. And so it's like, how do you exist in peace with not knowing, with uncertainty? And I think the answer is mythology. Mm. And mythology is a, is a very healthy thing because mytho mythology is about creating stories that help, that are fiction, but that help us to make sense of existence in a poetic way and also in in the process of of writing these narratives that these fictions that and, and neuro, neuroscientists know this you know the power of fiction is such that help us to understand reality better and there are like many books written about this so so poetic thinking and narratives and storytelling you know, are, are incredible tools for understanding, but also to opening new, new portals of possibilities. Like today, there's this uh, philosopher, Frederick Jameson, who apparently said, today it's easier to think in the, in the end of the world than thinking changing capitalism. Yeah. Right? It's easier to think that the world is going to end and thinking we can change capitalism into something else. Yeah. And this shows the, the lack of imagination or the crisis that we have in story making. Mm -hmm. Because what is capitalism? And this is what, uh, uh, what some uh, scholars say it's a story. 
you know, it's not a natural force. It's a story. You know, yeah, there are some rules, and we we all decide to to play under those fictional rules. It just takes another story to to, to remove that one. You know, like um, but we're in a crisis. We we're scared of writing new stories and also the current stories, the, the stories about nation states, the stories about capitalism are very convenient for certain people, no, that that are on the top of the game, you know, that are scoring quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we we can change this. Yeah. So and, and this is where we need radical imagination. We really need acts of imagination that that are able to disrupt these narratives mm-hmm. and come up with new ones. And, and and again, talking as an artist, this is what artists can do very well. You know, we can ask the difficult questions. We can challenge the status quo. We can use imagination to 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 to, to create new visions. And and third, we're very good at being provocative. And that is also a good thing. You know, sometimes my work in the space sector, I see it as that. It's good to to provocate because to provoke is to shake things. You know, like we assume a certain normality and then someone comes and shakes things and then makes you wonder and it produces, you know, to be provocative is to also evoke emotions. And again, this is something that artists can do. You know, like we we can make people feel angry. We can make people feel ecstasy, sadness. You know, um, so if you if you move those things and you get reactions, you know, only with those reactions we can we can do something. Not by being passive. We need, you know, so artists are very good at doing that. Hmm. You know, like chemical reactions, like, mm-hmm. like you know, you see like this chemical that is really peaceful, and then you add another chemical, and pfft, yeah, there's like, fire. Yeah, catalyzers. Uh, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, yeah, I totally, totally resonate with that, and I think that a lot of this, for example, like with the topic of capitalism. Um, what you said, no, that it's easier to think about the world ending than changing capitalism. I think if we would see things through this, through a, yeah, like a more a lens of more like fluidity, we can understand that capitalism changes as much as we want it every day, you know, and it's not like we shut up a com- like we shut down a computer and then we shut the system off and then we start a new system off right away it's it's a evolution um i think that in my experience that's why a lot of people either like don't support like consciously don't support the like the changing of the paradigm, like say like, no, like this is working and that's it. Or people don't think it's possible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of yeah. 
not being aware that everything is super slowly changing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and the, the thing is that you know everything is in flux. Is in flux. You know, mm. um, humanity since day one, we've been moving and changing and terraforming mm. and doing genetics and you know with plants and agriculture but the, 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 there is also this this narrative which is, i mean you mentioned evolution there's this idea of progress you know um which also i think it can be a little bit dangerous you know because it says that we are that, that we come from a state that was not that good and we're becoming better every time mm -hmm. and our technology is better than not having technology and and uh, i don't know these ideas of evolution and progress yeah have have been used for again you know for saying you know, like those that have the knowledge those that have the science in western terms those that have the technology are better than those that didn't develop that yeah um uh and which is wrong you know i think we don't because it also this responds to the idea of growth which is like whoa you know like mm -hmm. why do we need to grow why countries need to grow why economies need to grow why companies need to grow uh what's that obsession with growth in a planet that is purely finite and that has boundaries and that is not infinite. Um, why humanity has to expand in the u in the universe? So, you know, so what's that like cancerous um, side of humanity that wants to grow, 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 grow? You know, uh, control more, uh, use more resources, expand. Um, Does it have to go with a false sense? Not false. Does it have to go? Does it have to do with a sense that, you know, that time is moving forward and everything's like moving forward? Is it? To be honest, I don't know. It comes from somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, I I I just think we need to be more. You know, I think we we there's no up and down. You know, I think we just. We, I think we we again talking about fluidity. It's not about becoming more, mm -hmm. becoming better. It's about being fluid. Be, be, you know, Bruce Lee said, "Be like water, my friend." Mm -hmm. You know, we need to, we need to adapt, and we need to flow, and we need to be soft. Sometimes we need to be strong, like waves. Um, you know, but we we are in this planet, and. That is mostly water, and we need to be more like that water, I think. And thanks to the to queer theory for giving us new terms, new understandings. And I'm sure that, like queer theory, there must be other knowledges that can give us very good reference points. So, in, and again, going back to ancestral wisdom, that. Again, I'm not an expert, but I, from the things I have heard here and there, there are like some beautiful insights. And, and they, this is what interests me. Normally those, 
those new ways or those other ways of understanding ourselves and, uh, and our place in the universe lie more in the poetic realm than in the hardcore science mm-hmm. realm. They are more in the in the storytelling and in the arts and in the music than they are in the economy. Mm. No, uh, they are more into into visions than into mission statements. So, so yeah, I think you know we're coming from this like really brainy era of humanity that is not giving good results, and I think we need to move. We need to try, give it a go to the poetics again. Hmm. This is what my intuition is telling me now, you know, um, and this is what we are trying to do with the work that we are doing, and you know, and to put in the forefront kindness and compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think we can link it back to to what you say, and like there's a a lot of talk about this, like uh, slowing down, because the brain like the things that the brain wants, like um, productivity and resource management, this and that, like it is like a snowball that goes faster and faster and faster every time. Yeah. And po- yeah, yeah, poetry yeah. is, you need to take a pause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take a pause. Be okay with long processes. Be this is what I also love about the arts. It's slow to become an artist. Mm, yeah. So it's a slow process. Every time I meet an artist, you know, in their sixties or seventies, that's when an artist is really like hmm. blooming. You know, because they're sharp. Yeah. They have crafted, you know, their eyes, their their ears. You know, they're like this, like super delicate, receptive antennas. And, 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 and to reach that point, it's just time. You know, you cannot, mm. you cannot have a, you know, um, of course, in, in young energies, you, you find something also really beautiful. But that sharpness and that depth, yeah. it takes time. And that's cool. Mm. That's amazing. And today, you know, finding that slowness in processes, it feels almost like a kind of rebellion, right? Yeah. To this like 10 story, 10 second Instagram stories, you know, to yeah. these like two minute songs. And then, you know, like, let's make songs that are like eight hours. Let's, let's just go back to things that are slow and long and that mm. require all your attention and your focus. Mm-hmm. And that's today, that's radical. See. You know, like I think once um, with jo- uh, Philip Glass, he was talking more in the context of MTV, I think, and and videos. He said that his opera Einstein on the Beach, which was quite subversive already mm-hmm. uh, when, when he launched it. I don't know when mm-hmm. was it in the seventies, perhaps. I'm not sure. Yeah, Philip Glass, I think. Yeah, probably seventies, late seventies. Okay, uh-huh. let's fact check when that happened but he, he he mentioned that today showing this piece which is like four or five hours 
in a in an opera in a theater is even more controversial than it was you know like a few decades ago um mm. and that's so interesting you know so i think yeah let's be provocative let's be slow mm. let's be long let's demand focus contemplation that's that's hardcore mm. you know to fire you know like bombardment of images and sounds, um, you know, explicit lyrics. That's not subvertive anymore. That's, that's, that, that's mainstream. Yeah. You know, this like fast consumption and bah, 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 bah. Uh, so let's go, let's go to the other side, you know, and artists, I think they always explore what is not being explored at the moment, you know, mm. like, so I think let's, we're a pendulum and right now the pendulum is very fast and, you know, like we, we, we went very deep into that speedy way of living. I think let's go back to the slowness and then we will move back to the, to the, to the speed. But right now we need to slow down fix everything and then let's see you know what 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 phoenix rises up from yeah. those ashes from the ashes yeah. yeah see like definitely i think art uh like making art and like art spaces and what surrounds art is really really Like, uh, I don't know, I see, for, I'm thinking about like art spaces, galleries, museums. Most of them are like slow temples um, mm -hmm. where you can't really, I mean, you can go in, just take a peek and leave, you know, but you cannot really experience the things like approaching it from a like consumist, yeah. you know, like consume something, dispose it yeah. and then you, you got, you got it. Um, mm -hmm, it doesn't mm -hmm. work like that. So it's like yeah. defaults us to to taking our our time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think a lot of art is like that. Um, that's when when I see. I don't know. Um, uh, um, yeah, I respect the arts a lot. I respect the artists a lot. Um, And I have a lot of faith in, mm. in, 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 in the arts. I, I, I still want to keep it. Of course, we find all sorts of artists out there, but, but the spirit of art has always been, you know, that one of reflective, radical, imaginative and visionary, mm. um, uh, yeah, um, nature. Mm. So, So yeah, I'm very. Sometimes when I look at the art that is being made today and, and the conversations that we're having in the arts community, I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad to be part of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. That's that's a true, a true thing. I resonate that with that a lot. The um, I think a beautiful and important thing is 
to be aware of of where we're standing and so that we can take the next steps uh, but i think i think that intuition like you mentioned before and and experience you said it in your other call it's not about the the degrees and the knowledge and this and that it's like experience and talking from experience um and and being criticized and criticizing and and yeah. being in that like thing mm-hmm. yeah i i really believe in in being critical it's a healthy yeah. thing yeah yeah to question si. question yeah si. yeah to formulate questions Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes I don't understand why no one feels threatened when science makes questions. But as soon as an artist formulates questions, yeah, people mm-hmm. go like <laughs> they get nervous yeah. in the room. Yeah, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we want to learn, we ask questions. No, I mean we. we Mm-hmm. So we're always saying that, no, there, there are no stupid questions yeah. in the classroom. See, 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 see. Naum, I'm curious, would you consider yourself uh, spiritual? And if yes, like in what way, like in what perspective? Yeah, I'm definitely spiritual. Uh, I, I Sometimes I see all of my work as a very spiritual work. Mm-hmm. Um Because I think existing is spiritual. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the universe is like intrinsically spiritual. This doesn't mean that I believe in, you know, that I believe in a God mm-hmm. or that I believe in a, in a religion. Mm-hmm. Um, again, these are narratives that I believe give us kind of um, help us for sense making. But yeah, but I'm spiritual, you know, when I, when I'm able to, you know, to look in the eye of an animal and I and see no difference between each other. When I look at the, at, at, at the stone and I know that I come from that stone, you know, when I look at the stars and I know that I'm made of those stars, yeah. when, when, when I'm concerned about about um, the suffering that we are inflicting towards the planet and other human beings and in my work i try to you know to find that kindness and that compassion and to and to be of service to to the other that's when i feel that i'm that i'm doing that i'm being spiritual when mm. When I can enjoy the mystery of of being here in this current form, in this like strange place, and yet without knowing, I'm able to feel part of everything. I'm being, I think, spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, yeah, embracing what I don't know and be okay with that. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel spiritual and again, and I don't know how to define spirituality. There are some great books out there about atheist spirituality. 
Mm-hmm. By, there's a, a really good one by Comtes Fonville that I used to enjoy when I was younger. But again, I'm not a scholar. I'm not interested in talking academically. Mm-hmm. I would never... It's not of my interest to do that. I'm, I'm an artist. I'm poetics. Um, I'm stories. Those are my tools. Um, so yeah, if there are any scholars listening, forgive me you know, for... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or using lightly some con- some some words, but but you get you get the intention of what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh. Out of curiosity, is Naum your like birth name? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Naum is a Jewish name. Yeah. Uh, I have some. Some ancestry, uh, you know, from from I guess Jewish ancestors, and we've been keeping certain names in the family. Mm-hmm. And Naum, Nahum, Nahum, as it's pronounced in Hebrew, uh, is one of them. So yeah, Naum. And mm. um, funny fact: if you rearrange the letters of my name, you can make the word human, yeah. which I discovered like a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, at yeah. some point um, in the past, I thought that you had like chosen that name, like for your like as an artist. No, no, it was no, no, no. It was my my, my dad. My dad's name is Naomi Ignacio. Ah, okay. So it's been it's been passed on a okay. few times. Um, yeah, I'm happy. You know, like to, to, that. That's why I don't use my surnames mm-hmm. first. Because I would, if I use my surnames, I would like to use both of them, because I, you know, we have this thing where we only use that internationally. You know, people only use their first last name, which is like my father's. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful surname, Romero, mm-hmm. but it's still this a little bit patriarchal. See, see, and you know, so I always say either you use my name or you use my full name, Romero Zamora. You include see. my mom's. And the cool thing about having this name, Nahum, is that there are not many Nahums yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can just go by Nahum and then I feel, mm-hmm. I feel yeah, feel special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you so much, Nahum. This has been a really nice talk. Yeah, thank you. I really, really enjoyed speaking to you. And as I speak, I'm also like reflecting a lot of the things that I think and feel. So it's, hmm. it's also good for me. Yeah. Um, all the best in, in the concerts you're preparing. Um, when, when are those in a few weeks, you say? Yeah. Well, end of September, ah, in September. early October. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Some concerts in the Hong Kong Arts Center. Mm-hmm. And I'll be talking about expressing and communicating some of these ideas both in musical and poetic mm-hmm. terms so mm-hmm. it's me beautiful. and a piano and stories beautiful beautiful yes. yeah and i'm looking forward to see uh, what's next with you and with cosmica institute um yeah yes make sure to to follow me around and and cosmica yeah uh, a beautiful organization yes Yes, uh, I'm gonna share the um, 
the links to Cosmica to your website uh, so people can go and take a peek and get curious. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Naum. Thanks so much, everyone. Take care. That was Naum. If you wish to explore his work or get in touch with him, please go to the links in the show notes of this episode. I'm your host, Sergio Isauro. I'm an artist and creative purpose coach. If you need support clearing any blockages that are stopping you from living a purposeful and creative life and you wish to book a free coaching session with me, follow my link in the show notes. We Walk the Earth is a Nodalab original. The music in this episode was produced by Tejedor. Editing by Miguel Andrade. Mixing by Samuel Peñalba. Executive production by Jorge González. Content strategy by Sofia Benedicto. If you like this podcast, please rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. This will help us keep going creating and igniting curiosity in more people. This is We Walk the Earth. Thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs>